Hey, Gonzaga fans, welcome back to another episode of Gonzaga Nation. Christian Pedersen joined by your man, Dan Dickow, on a WCC Monday here to talk about everything going on around the conference, Gonzaga-related, and everything else that Gonzaga fans need to know to stay up to date. Dan, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, so let's dive straight into it. I need to hear about Anton Watson at the G League camp because it's the offseason, so, you know, I like to see where everyone's headed uh, in in their pro success. Tell us what's what's the latest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, to be one of 44 players selected um, to be at the G League invite when you're not your team's primary scorer or even second option uh, is a great uh, sign of of Anton's possible pro career. Uh, that being said, there were eight guys at the G League combine out of those 44 uh, that were able to parlay that into an invite into the NBA a combine which begins, I believe, later today, Monday the fifteenth. Um, so there's there were seventy eight players. You add those, that means eighty six. So that would mean that you know when the NBA kind of does their full evaluation, he's not one of the quote eighty six top prospects. Now, things have happened where guys have kind of slid through the cracks with these combines and these different things. They've gone to workouts uh, and they've carved out a career for themselves, whether it's becoming a second round pick or getting an undrafted uh, contract opportunity in, in summer league. So, uh, you know, with Anton not making it to the NBA combine uh, invite list, um, you got to kind of take a step back. And I think he's got to evaluate, Hey, do I want one more year at Gonzaga? Um, do I want that? Have I graduated, which I believe he has. Uh, do I want that experience of one more year uh, playing for my hometown team or am I just done and I want to move on to the to the next level and try to make either a uh, summer league roster and move that into a nice contract in Europe and or a nice opportunity in the G League. Um, so those are the decisions that he's going to make, you know, being uh, one of the other 36 guys that didn't make that cut so to speak and get invited you got to kind of look at why you know you see some some highlights and you see some clips I, I thought he played okay I thought he played well um it, it looked like he he knocked down at least uh a three during the games which I think is going to be a question mark that front office evaluators want to see is can he shoot an occasional three I think he's going to be more of a corner three guy as opposed to he's not going to be that guy catching in space or sorry, catching in movement and shooting threes in that regard. But knocked down a three. His numbers were solid. They didn't jump out at the pages at you, at least on the basketball side. But I think the 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 difference maker or the surprising thing was the physical um testing. You know, the G League, just like the NBA Combine, they put out their physical testing, height, weight, body fat agility testing um and he didn't he didn't test out as well as as i would have thought he did uh he came in at 6'7 241 pounds um 19 body fat which i believe was the highest um in regards to any player at that g league combine um 29 inch vertical max which means you get a, a couple steps into it and a 25 inch standing um now these numbers don't always dictate the athlete that you are because i think too many times you know, people, uh, and, and this happens in every sport, people dictate your athleticism based on, you know, how you look with your shirt off, how fast you run in a straight line, how high you jump. Uh, but athleticism also, I think, needs to have the, you know, hand-eye coordination tied in, the spatial recognition on the court tied in, 
uh, all those little things. I think those are, are areas where Anton and his IQ and his understanding and his willingness to play within a, in a team setting uh, can help kind of alleviate some of the concerns that might be out there after the, this athletic testing piece uh, at the G League Combine. If you don't mind me putting you on the spot, Dan, what were your measurables? Man, that was so long ago. I don't even uh, no, remember. No, 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 no. You know, you know what at least the vertical was. Uh, standing vertical was, I believe, 31. Um, you right. know, max vertical was probably 34, 35. I was never a high flyer, but enough uh, to be able to get up there a little bit. Um, you know, in regards to um, the, the body fat testing and the height and weight, uh, I didn't go to the NBA draft combine. And the reason being was, is they wanted me to play. And I said, no, I'm not going to play. I was a first team All-American. You, uh, you look at my body of work. I'm not going to play. So they did not allow me to do all the physical testing at the NBA combine. And even back then, they added bench press. I think it was max bench press 185 reps as many times as you could. So they've tailored things back down a little bit as compared to what they used to do. Um, but I do know, uh, you know, body fat testing at that time would have been around six and a half. Um, my height I tried to get away with uh, 6'2 at times in my career, but once we kind of got to the, you go to the NBA teams and you get tested with your height, I, I think I shrunk quickly from 6'1 at Gonzaga down to six foot. Uh, and then, you know, height, or sorry, weight um, at Gonzaga was 185 to 188. And then as soon as I got into the NBA and I realized I wasn't pushing anybody around, I, I lost weight. I got down to about 175. Uh, or so just because I needed my quickness, my agility. Um, so that's as and, and you being 190 wasn't going to mean you could push around Charles Barkley or anybody like that. So no, I'm with you on that. There, there's only a certain amount of size that you can get away with. Some of the other guys around the WCC, let's talk about Maxwell Lewis and Brandon Pajemski. Great players. How have they been doing in this combine process? Well, they, they get started now. Each of them, from what I have seen, has had some pre-draft workouts. I think both of them are are 100% set in staying in the draft. Well, we knew Maxwell Lewis was 100% staying in the draft. Pajimski, I think, put his name in to kind of test the waters and, and see what was happening. Everything I'm seeing is he might be a first-round pick, uh, Brandon Pajemski at Santa Clara. I think he's an absolute lock for a second-round pick based on everything that I'm seeing and everything I'm reading. Um, I would not be surprised to see him go in the first round. I think he's that talented of a player. Led Santa Clara in scoring and rebounding and assists. Uh, I believe he also led him in re or uh, steals last year. You know, he's he's unique and he's tricky because you don't have anything to base him off of his freshman year when he was at Illinois. He only played 70 total minutes. He scored 22 total points as a freshman you know, needed a, a change of scenery. He gets that at Santa Clara. First game of the year, he goes out and scores 30 points. So he's already surpassed his point total from the season, season before. Um, but then as you watch him throughout the course of the year, he's a lefty with good size. Uh, he can score it at all three levels. He gets to the free throw line. The more I watched him during the course of the season, the more I felt he was an NBA player. And I, I do think he is going to sneak into that first round. And I think that's another great, you know, feather in the cap for the WCC. Uh, a season ago, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara was in the same position. He was a lottery pick. He had a really nice year for Oklahoma City. So I think it's awesome for Herb Sendek and staff to be able to use that in recruiting circles, both with high school kids, 
and players in the transfer portal. Um, I, yes, Brandon Pajimski will be an NBA player next season. You know, and then you, you mentioned Maxwell Lewis. You know, Maxwell Lewis was is one of those guys that coming into last season, he checked all the boxes physically, skill-wise. But then you were kind of curious and you were wondering about what it was his IQ like? What was his motor like? Um, what was his improvement going to look like and his attention to detail going to look like when he was the focal point of the opponent's game plan to slow him down and stop him? Early in the season, there was a couple draft boards. He creeped up into the late lottery. So, you know, you're talking late lottery. You're talking 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Now, I think he's a possible first round talent. I don't think he is a lottery pick talent. I think he's a very good player. But I would not be surprised to see Maxwell Lewis slide into that second round uh, for some of the reasons that I mentioned. I, I think he's unbelievably talented. I think he's he's a uh, he's got good size for a wing. He can shoot it well enough. One of the advanced analytic stats that that I read was uh, he's 91st percentile in catch and shoot threes, so around 43 percent. So that's going to be really intriguing for a lot of teams saying, hey, we've got a 6'8 guy with good athleticism uh, that shoots it at this high of a clip. If you compare him with a, you know, a, a dominant player in a pick and roll that forces rotations and then can make the right decision and, and find Maxwell Lewis, you know, whether it's on a skip pass or on a hook back, throw back in, in shake action where he's a lift guy, or if you throw it to a guy on a block, forces a double, um, you know, where defense is in rotation – and he gets open shots, I, th I think he's got a chance, uh, you know, to get some minutes early in his career. But, you know, the things that keep coming back to me, um, you know, is his defensive uh, focus. Many times you would see teams just attack him, uh, whether it was in isolation situations, whether it was pick and rolls, whether it was having his guy being constantly aware of, of cutting, you know, because I think as good as Maxwell Lewis showed potential wise on the offensive end, there were a lot of question marks defensively, and I think that's something that can hold him back in the eyes of evaluators. Um, but I do think he will get drafted uh, for the WCC sake. I, I, I hope it's a first round pick, but I think it will be a second round pick. But I do think it's going to be in the top half, top third uh, of the second round, which would be awesome because I think, you know, you're going to have Strother for sure drafted. You're going to have Pajemski drafted. You're going to have Lewis drafted for sure. There's three guys. And then we don't even get to the national player of the year, Gonzaga's all-time leading scorer, Drew Timmy, um, where we've we've gone over it enough with this podcast. Um, we don't need to go over it now where there's question marks about his game in the NBA. But if he were to slide into that second round, you know, that would be four players from the WCC that are drafted. I think there will be three for sure. If they could get four, that would be uh, – I, awesome I, I, don't, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but yeah. – is it possible to say that this is the best draft the WCC has had in ever in five years, in 10 years? Like I, we don't need to go down a whole thing, just quick knee jerk reaction. This is a good draft for the WCC, right? No, it's a very good draft. The very good draft without a doubt. You know, I mean, you look at Pepperdine with Maxwell Lewis, the last player they had was Kessler Edwards, I think in 2018. Um, you know, other than that, it, you're pretty much looking at Gonzaga players. I would say last year's draft for the WCC simply because Chet Holmgren went, what, number two? Andrew Nemhart was the first pick of the second round. Um, and then Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who we mentioned also, he was a he was a late lottery pick. So I think last year would have been the year. You get three 
definitive pros. I think this year you've got three definitive pros in the draft out of the WCC. And then it's a, a fourth. I, I really think Drew Timmy is going to get a long look. It's all in the eye of the beholder um, for Drew Timmy. I tell you what, if he doesn't get drafted, somebody is going to get a steal on a on a summer league contract um if he doesn't get drafted there's going to be a lot of teams that are, are going to be fighting for him to play for them in summer league i think brian scalabrini has set the precedent that drew timmy will be fine uh but yeah no, i'm i'm stoked to see two years of wcc draft success uh let's talk though back to the college ranks the portal is now officially closed if this was a roulette wheel they have spun the ball and the hand has gone across no more bets no more names into the transfer portal what does that mean, though? Like, is the portal done? Is no one coming in or out of it? Does this mean high school recruiting heats back up? Help us navigate this a little bit. Well, it basically means if, if you were not happy or you wanted a change of scenery or maybe put your name in to renegotiate some NIL opportunities at the school that you're currently at, you had to have put your name in last week. I believe the cutoff date was Thursday midnight. Forgive me if I'm off by a day or two. But there's 1,748 players in this transfer portal. Many of them have already figured out where they're going to go. Um, obviously, we know with Gonzaga, Ryan Nemhart's come in. Graham E.K. has come in. Steel Venters has come in. Out has been Hunter Salas, um, uh, Efton Reed, um, and Dom Harris, right? So those guys have all figured out where they're going to go. But there's still lots of guys that are trying to figure out where they want to go. So now the, the thing becomes there are openings on rosters Many coaches didn't offer players that were currently in the portal because they heard rumors that guys were still going to join the portal and they wanted to be able to finish navigating what their options might be. So I think what you're going to see in the next week to 10 days is a lot of movement of players committing to their next school. Um, maybe Gonzaga is included in that because there will be guys that go through the NBA combine that realize I'm not getting drafted. I'm going back to school. Um, so there's going to be, a, a, I'm sure, a few high profile guys uh, that put their that that withdraw their name from the NBA draft. And we'll cover this in an, in an upcoming podcast of when you must pull your name out of the NBA draft. But when those guys name goes back into that portal with coaches not worrying, are they staying in the NBA draft or are they or are they coming back to school? Many schools are leaving roster spots open for those top tier guys because they'd rather get their A target rather than get their B or C target. All makes sense to me, Dan. Thank you very much for getting everyone up to speed. Keep it tuned to Gonzaga Nation wherever you find your podcasts or visit us. I don't know if we have a MySpace or, or whatnot, but we have all the social. Uh, <laughs> so you can, you, you, there is no way not to get Gonzaga Nation content from Dan Dickow. Thank you very much, Dan, for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Sounds good.